My name is Jeremy Volo, and you are listening to Reclamation Worship. I'm Jason Allen, host of Reclamation Worship, the podcast devoted to reclaiming a biblical view of worship for the church. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Reclamation Worship. Today's guest is Jeremy Volo. He is a pastor in Laredo, Texas. But before becoming a pastor, Jeremy played professional soccer. He played in the MLS for the New York Red Bulls, my Atlanta United's dreaded opponent. I, uh, I wish Jeremy would come on over and become an Atlanta United fan, but he's, he's devoted. He's committed to the Red Bulls, and uh, I don't see that happening anytime soon. I don't see him cheering for uh, Atlanta United. But uh, all joking aside, Jeremy and I had a fantastic conversation on loving the Lord your God with all your strength. So really near and dear to my heart is this issue of discipling our children in the arena of athletics. So the Lord has gifted uh, some of our kids with athletic ability, and they feel that pull. They, They see these athletic stars, these professional stars, and they want to be like them. And so uh, they are willing to devote their lives to uh, becoming as good as they can be with the hope of playing professionally. And so I wanted to talk with Jeremy, someone who made it to that level of play, but someone also who did not compromise their convictions. And Jeremy did not compromise his love for the Lord and his love for the church. And so uh, it's a really incredible story of how uh, the Lord used athletics in his life and how even now he's using athletics in his life. So really am excited for you to hear this from Jeremy. You may also know Jeremy from TLC's Counting On. He and his wife, Ginger, are on this TV show. They regularly appear on there. And so I will link to that in the show notes so that you can Learn more about that if you do not already know about it. All right, well, let's head on over to the interview. Jeremy, thank you so much for joining us on Reclamation Worship. I really appreciate you being here today. Hey, Jason, thanks for having me. Super glad to have the opportunity. Absolutely. Well, um, tell us about who you are and uh, what you're doing, and we can uh, go from there. Yeah, so I was raised in a Christian home um, in just outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, uh, my mother and father are two of the godliest people I've ever known. Uh, my father's a pastor. My mother was a professional violinist who was touring the world with the St. Louis Symphony. Wow. And uh, once the Lord saved her, she she decided to uh, uh, stay home and, and raise myself and my two older siblings, uh, Valerie and Chuck. And so I was raised in a, in a godly Christian home, raised in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Um, and a passion that that I picked up very early on in my life was for soccer. And so around nine or 10 years old, I made the decision that I was going to be a professional soccer player. And I pursued that dream and the Lord allowed me to fulfill that dream. Um, but soon after um, fulfilling that dream, he, he actually led me into ministry. So today I am living in Laredo, Texas, pastoring a church on the border of the United States and Mexico, Grace Community Church, Laredo. I am married to my beautiful wife, Ginger, and together we have a nearly seven-month-old daughter, Felicity. Great. And so it's been quite a journey, but uh, God's been very gracious and kind throughout. 
You mentioned two things there that I do want to talk about. So I'd love to talk about um, your pastoring and, and maybe we'll touch on that toward the end of the conversation. But uh, you did play uh, in the MLS. And, and so we're from Atlanta. I'm, I'm from near Atlanta. And so uh, we've had a, a MLS team now for a few years. And um, it's uh, the, the fever has swept our city. And uh, it's, it's such an exciting sport. You know, grow, growing up in the South, I was not exposed to soccer. But uh, we, we have taken the bait and we're big fans now. So um, it's great. Yeah, the, the expansion of, of the MLS into Atlanta has been unprecedented in the yeah. response. Atlanta United winning uh, the MLS Cup in their second year of existence. Um, much to my chagrin, I'm a New York Red Bulls supporter. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they, they knocked us out uh, in the semifinals. But, but man, kudos to Atlanta. It's just incredible to see how the sport has expanded and how everyone's received it. Yeah, it really is. It really is. So you you played at the highest level, and and so I, I want to talk about um, not just soccer, but sports in general for parents of young children. Um, I know this is an issue for a lot of parents, whether they are Christians or not. But especially the rub comes when Christian parents have children who are very gifted athletically. And they're tempted to really give themselves completely to the sport. And so, you know, you, you often see this in travel leagues and, um, you know, the practices are on Wednesdays and sometimes uh, games and practices are on Sunday. And so there's this constant pull to be taken away from uh, the fellowship of believers. So we'd just love to hear your heart on um, how parents can think through helping their kids who are gifted, you know, achieve their goals uh, athletically, but, but to navigate these waters of, you know, idolatry, sports can become idolatrous. Uh, And so this is something that uh, that we should be able to speak as pastors to our uh, parents about and to help them navigate these waters. So um, how for you, how did your parents help you, uh, your dad being a pastor, how, how were y'all able to navigate being committed to a sport like this, but also being committed to church life? Yeah, that's a great question. And there are several lines of thought um, that I would approach in answering that question. And we've got to just recognize what you've essentially recognized in the question is uh, sports can be, can quickly lead to idolatry. I mean, we look at our nation around us and um, as much as we enjoy the, the world of sports, we do essentially see the idolatry of it, um, whether it's the worship of the athletes themselves, whether it's the attendance of the games, uh, whether it's the, the, the primacy of that sports team. You know, we will one day um, weep because our, our, our team lost uh, the final or lost the game and simultaneously turn on the news and see the abuse and the neglect of, of women and children and pain and murder and, and not shed a tear and not right. be moved. Mm. at all. Mm. Um, I think that is a reflection of uh, the idolatry of our nation yeah. uh, to a large degree uh, uh, over sports. So we've got to recognize, okay, we're, we're living in a society that very quickly idolizes this, um, this event. Mm. And so we've got to recognize that as a danger. Um, on the heels of that, we've got to recognize the call of God upon our lives God, our creator, making us in his image, has designed us and sustained us for a purpose, mm-hmm. which is to bring glory to him. So the very fundamental reality of 1 Corinthians 10.31, whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, do 
all things to the glory of God. Yeah. That's got to be primary in our focus. So we've got to see, we've got to see the temptation, but we've also got to see God's call upon our lives, glorify him in all things. And so I think as, as, as the athlete or as parents, I think there needs to be foundationally laid uh, an understanding of those two realities um, that our flesh um, the, the world around us, and certainly Satan would love for us to idolize sport. Yeah. And so we've got to juxtapose that with the call and commission of God upon our lives to glorify him in everything we do. So that's primary. Um, God's glory and the temptation to idolatry. Our hearts, as we know, are idol factories. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't need to be a professional athlete to be tempted to idolize sports. Right. Um, we can idolize our food. We can idolize relationships, our looks, our pleasure. Our hearts are bent on worship. Yeah. And sadly, because of our depraved nature, it's bent on worshiping the creature rather than the creator who's blessed forever. Amen. Mm. Mm. So um, I, I would say the first uh, step along this path, along this journey of navigating sports with your children in a Christian context, is recognizing the tendency to idolatry and God's call to glorify him in all that we do. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, that's discipleship. That's that's training up the kids to think about this critically. That's excellent. Yeah, and, and further, I, I think then practically, how do we go about that? And, and you asked about my experience with my parents. My father is a pastor, the godliest man I know. My mother, the godliest woman I know, committed uh, to the scriptures and living out the scriptures. Um, a major dimension of, of this, not just for sport, but for raising children, is instilling in our children the primacy of the local church. Mm-hmm. Seeing the local church not simply as something we do on Sunday, but truly having deep down in your bones an understanding of the primacy of the local church. Christ so loved the church and gave himself up for her. If Christ loved the church with such a radical love, what all our relationship to be to the church? And so you look at the book of Acts from start to finish and the establishment of the local church, and specifically a passage like Acts chapter 2, 42 to the end, and you see what was the devotion to the local church. Our children need to understand the primacy of the local church in the life of the Christian. And so I'll, I'll share with you how that played out in my life. My father uh, allowed me and, and, and uh, encouraged me to pursue my athletic gift. And man, when I, when I fell in love with the soccer ball, everything else was so bland to me. I never played any other sport. Well, I played a year of t-ball before soccer, and that was it. Okay. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't ever want to do anything else. I decided as a little kid, I'm going to be a professional soccer player all day, every day, consumed with soccer. And my parents, my parents would at times say, hey, you're going to get burned out. Maybe we won't play indoor this winter. And I'm like, yeah, no, I got to play. I got to play. <laughs> and so they, they, they helped cultivate that, encouraged that. They didn't drive that. But one thing I knew, soccer was not going to take the place of the local church. Wow. Yeah. I was not going to play on Sundays. And so even as I began to excel and, and was forming us as a, a talented uh, soccer player, I was never on the best teams mm. as a youth player. Mm. 
I was never on the Olympic Development Program, which is a program I don't think it's in existence now, but was basically for the premier and elite players in the area. I was never on FC Delco, the, the top team, but for one summer uh, in college, I, I before college, I eventually played for FC Delco one summer, but um, I was never chosen for the elite teams. I was never, I was, which meant I wasn't at the elite tournament where mm. the elite college scouts were watching. Mm. And people would literally tell me, if you don't play on Sunday, you have no chance of going to a good college. Mm. You have no chance of being a pro. They would laugh at me at my peers. Older people would literally tell me, you have no chance mm. if you don't play on Sundays. And yet, I didn't play on Sunday. Wow. I remember, <clears throat> I remember there was one Sunday where uh, a guy who was on the elite team, a, a goalkeeper who was kind of my rival, um, I saw myself as, as you know, a peer of his, and he was on the elite team, and they traveled to Dallas, and, and he won the Golden Glove for the tournament. And I remember getting word of that as I was in church. I don't remember exactly how. And um, afterward, my dad, the service is over, and he came up to me, and I said, hey, dad, uh, Travis won the Golden Glove down at the tournament in Dallas. And I don't remember what he said to me, but I just remember it was a profound moment. Um, here I was in church, worshiping the Lord as this elite team with this elite player, a team on which I wanted to be and thought I should be, but I mm. wasn't because I didn't play Sunday, right. was conquering the world. Um, and there was that, that was a struggle for me. And yet I knew in my household, soccer is not going to come before wow. bringing glory and honor to the Lord. And it's not going to override the primacy of the local church. Wow. That's, that's so strong. Uh, we, we know that Augustine talked about disordered loves and I can imagine that in your young heart, you probably felt that, that struggle, that, that tug, um, between being, you know, totally devoted to the Lord, but also having this gift that was obvious that he had, uh, developed in you and, and gifted you with, given you. And I'm sure at your young age, you were probably wrestling with how, how to honor the Lord in the everyday, you know, in being, like you said, devoted to your church, but also in wanting to foster and nurture this gift that he had given you. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this is where it comes in for parents. Uh, I, as a young boy, um, whether regenerate or not, um, I was going to struggle with that. Yeah. Because let's, if I was a young boy who was regenerate, I'm still a young boy. Right. So a, Christ, a Christian, but an immature Christian, a mm. young Christian, yeah. nonetheless. If I was an unbeliever, well, then certainly the struggle is going to rage and, and right. there may be, even be bitterness and, and anger mm. because I don't even want to glorify God. I don't even care about God. I don't care about my parents' religion. I want to go play on not being allowed. Right. So for parents, there's that challenge of, of leading and instructing and raising lovingly and tenderly. That's something I'll never forget about my father is it, it, it broke his heart. Mm. because he saw the team isn't selecting him. Jer Jeremy, you know, Jason, my dad would, from Philadelphia, we would drive down for a tournament every year to Virginia Beach, about six or seven hours. Mm -hmm. We'd drive down on Friday. I'd play Friday night, Saturday, Saturday afternoon, and then we'd drive back Saturday. Wow. And my dad would be standing in the pulpit on sat Sunday morning preaching. Wow. And if if I had played well and if the team had done well and we were in the championship, guess when the championship was? On Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. And so my, my father empathized and, and, and he was so kind and sensitive. And I knew he wasn't doing this spitefully or 
This was conviction. Yeah. You know, Jason, more than the words he said, I look back and remember my father and mother are, are Christians who live by conviction. Yeah. Whether it's easy or hard, that instilled in me the reality of what it means to follow Christ. Mm. So whether the Lord had saved me or not, I could not look at my parents and blame them. I, I look at them in, in, in admiration and say, they live by truth. Amen. And, and I how we have to raise our children is, is showing them, yes, the world is going this way. And there's, there's much we can enjoy and, and talents we can cultivate. But the local church and honoring and glorifying God is going to be the primary focus. Before you know it, if you make a concession of, well, okay, for this soccer season, we'll miss church yeah. every weekend. It will be every weekend. Well, before you know it, it'll be six, seven, eight months, and your your child hasn't been in church. Right, right. Your fifteen year old right. is on spending Sundays with with unbelievers, pl- having fun, and no thought of God. I mean, it, it consumes. And so I, I look back and see the wisdom of my parents, and just give give thanks for that. Amen. Yeah, yeah. I remember, um, you know, growing up when Michael Jordan was at his prime, like I. I idolized that man. Like I, I, I wanted every poster, couldn't afford the shoes, but anything that I could get my hands on with Michael Jordan's image on it, I loved it. Uh, the Lord did not, yes, the Lord did not gift me uh, to play basketball. I, I, I played, but uh, really served as um, comic relief for my teammates and uh, the coaches. So, um, so yeah, that was that was a, a dream that I had that was not going anywhere. But I remember at the time, you know, uh, in high school, this, the, the odds of someone making it to the NBA, uh, they were astronomical. Right. Um, and I would imagine the same is true today with, with all the very sports. And so, you know, these parents who I think hopefully we're hoping this podcast will reach, um, they are essentially gambling with the soul of their child, you know, with terrible odds, hoping their child is going to make it to the, to the, you know, elite level of playing whatever sport it is. Um, and, and so I think what I hear you saying and, and what I hope is, is true for these parents is that, that they would come to understand first and foremost, the child has to be made aware that devotion to God comes before anything else. Everything else is secondary to uh, worship of the Lord, and so yeah, how do we uh, how do we play in such a way that we can give ourselves advantages and the skills uh, to get to the next level? Well, all of that can be sorted out, but first and foremost, we have to devote ourselves to worship of the Lord corporately, and that happens in the context of the local church on Sunday at the very least, oftentimes midweek as well. I've got two boys and uh, fourteen and thirteen, and we feel that pull all the time. Uh, we play rec and, um, yeah. it's recreational soccer and I, I coach at, at the same time, um, as, uh, one of the club ball coaches and, and he's always trying to get my boys on his team and, uh, they practice on Wednesdays, play on Sundays. And I've just told him, you know, it's not, not going to happen. We, we can't do it. And, uh, and I've shared with him why it's, it's a great opportunity to witness, but, um, yeah, it's it's always a struggle, and uh, and it it certainly is for our boys as well. One of the ways that my father um, helped me think through uh, the the challenges of idolatry in sport and all that is 
he, he would tell me, and he told me years later, he, he would struggle with pride himself. Mm. I think as all parents will, if, if their child is, is excelling on the sports field or on the court, um, there they are kind of looking around saying, hey, that's my girl, <laughs> right. that's my boy. Right. Um, and something my father committed to early on, and it, it I think subconsciously impacted me, then I, it started bearing fruit in how I spoke of my own performances but he would always compliment me on a performance well done with a bit of uh, uh, Christian strategy. So he'd say, the Lord really helped you today, Jeremy. Or, or the, the Lord really allowed you to, helped you to make that save or allowed that ball to be within reach That's for you to great. make that save. I was a goalkeeper. Okay, so, okay. And so I, I was always walking away from the field with a recognition that was the sovereign hand of God, which even allowed me wow. to, to perform well. And in goalkeeping, but in sport in general, but in goalkeeping, you can be a hero or hated in a matter of inches. Right, right. So I make a fantastic save, and it's a fingertip save. Well, well, two centimeters more, I wouldn't have touched that ball, and it would have been a goal. Right, right. Well, who dictated where that ball was going to be? Right. And who dictated the response and the reaction? And so recognizing that that even when I do perform well, it's only opportunity to yet again glorify God. Amen. And so perpetual state of, of humility, because you walk off the field as a hero and everybody's all about you. And let's face it, sports and then the realm of college or professional sports, it's all about you. Mm. You're the best. You're so great. You're so good. You, you, you. And the cross of Jesus Christ is all about Christ. Mm. You die to self. You die to selfishness. Second Corinthians 5, we have died to ourselves and, and are alive to him. So mm. the cross radically kills selfishness, which is the heart of athletics, is promoting self. And so to see that through a Christian worldview, where we're walking off the field and deflecting, genuinely seeking to deflect praise to the providence and the power of God, was something my father intentionally instilled in me. Wow. And he goes for his own part, but then also for my, my whole part as well. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Your dad is a wise man. I had a, a friend, have a friend who played um, professional baseball and um, he would often share about just the darkness uh, in professional sports. And he was a believer uh, when he was in the locker room uh, with, with a lot of these men that he played with. So I think most of us are aware of the darkness in professional sports. Maybe could you talk about a little bit about some of the bright spots, some of the opportunities you had as a Christian who played a professional sport? Yeah. So the, the dark spots are real. Um, the, the, it's sad, but many professing Christians in the sports world, their, their profession is verbal only. The same guys that are, are on the camera saying, praise be to God, thanks to the Lord, and all this are, are going to the, the clubs and the bars and, and living immoral lives. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, can, I can attest to that. But there, there is beautiful opportunity. Mm. Um, several dimensions of opportunity. Um, one is, if you're a professional athlete, you have a platform to speak almost anywhere. Right. Um, I, I, I would be asked, to speak at Word of Faith churches. Wow. Uh, there were several occasions where I spoke at very prominent Word of Faith churches um, and was asked to come back. And I was saying, are you sure? Because <laughs> you know what I'm going to say. Right. Um, it was, it, I mean, prosperity preaching, 
prosperity places because they think, hey, bring the pro athlete who's a Christian in right. and he's going to bring the king. Right. And so there was one time I was asked to speak at a church and the pastor came up to me and he wanted to meet me a couple of days before. So I stopped by to meet him and he began prophesying over my life that you're a word of God. And when you speak, God speaks. And I see the presence of God on you. And I'm thinking, okay, okay. Uh, wait till you hear my message on Friday night. I, I, I hope you're right. But, uh, <laughs> right, right. This, you might have a change of heart. And so <laughs> there was wonderful opportunities to, to, to share truth. I mean, after games, they would regularly have me speak to a Christian group that came to the stadium and there's 50 kids and their parents and I'm walking off the field and, and sharing with them the gospel of Jesus Christ. And wow. so there's wonderful opportunities. Uh, athletics, uh, especially soccer, soccer is the world's game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it opens doors. But if you're a baseball player, it opens doors in other countries right. where you can go and minister the gospel. Um, and so there's tremendous opportunity. Um, I, I found myself um, at the, in the last year of playing professionally, I knew it was going to be my last year. I, my passion for soccer had been totally transitioned to a passion for ministry. Wow. I, 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 have, not, I, I have not missed it soccer for a day since wow. I stopped wow. because the Lord really just shifted my passion to ministry. And so that last year of playing, I really saw myself as a missionary to my teammates. Mm. And every week for months, I would hold a Bible study wow. and the guys would come and they would hear the gospel week in and week out. And so um, the, the Lord can use those platforms just like the Lord can use any platform he gives us. Yeah. Uh, whether you're a, a plumber or a preacher, a professional athlete or an accountant, the Lord declares that we are the light of the world, not a light of the world amongst right. a pantheon of gods. No, we are the light of the world, which means wherever he has sovereignly ordained to place you as the light, you may be the only light in that office space, right. in that locker room, in that classroom in that dorm room. You may be the only light in that home. And so the, the platform of professional sports, it's broadcast. Um, it's, it's, it's a large platform uh, giving, giving various opportunities. But at the end of the day, it's simply a platform mm-hmm. that's loaned to us from the Lord as all of us are loaned various platforms uh, for us to faithfully proclaim him in our life and in, in our work. That's great. Well, speaking of platforms, you and your wife uh, have another platform. And, and so would you uh, want to talk a little bit about, about that uh, great opportunity that y'all have? Yeah. So in God's providence, um, the, the woman I married is uh, Ginger. Her, her, uh, she's, she's a, a member of the Duggar family um, who's had a TV show for some years. Um, and so God has provided a wonderful platform for the Duggar family as a whole. Uh, to, to share their testimony, uh, to share the hope they have in Christ. And so when I got married to Ginger, um, the Lord opened that avenue to us as a couple. And so we are continuing to, to appear on the TLC show Counting On um, amongst the, the rest of the families on it as well. Um, and so they follow our lives a bit and, and uh, track our journey. And so it's opened up a, another platform of, of being able to share the hope of Christ in our lives with, with millions of people. Mm. And so I, again, um, we're just seeking to be faithful stewards 
of that platform um, that the Lord has loaned to us. So how, for folks listening in, how, how often does this show come on? I'll, I'll link to, uh, to the information in the show notes, but is it a weekly uh, broadcast? Yeah, so when it's in season, it's on once a week. Um, currently, it's running on Mondays at 9, 8 central on TLC. Um, I think the show is, is an hour long. Um, so, yeah, we're, we just began, uh, I think, uh, our ninth season um, is counting on that premiered last Monday, and we'll, we'll show again this, this coming Monday. Excellent. So you touched on this a little bit, but I want to um, sort of spring back to um, your pastoring and, uh, and, and also um, your career in the MLS. So how have you seen uh, the Lord use your career in the MLS as a pastor? So what skills did you pick up um, maybe in dealing with teammates or, uh, you know, opponents that, uh, that you're using in the pastorate? That's a beautiful dimension of athletics. How often does the New Testament uh, parallel the Christian life with athletics? Yeah. I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not box like a man beating the air. I've run the race. I've finished the course. Um, there are so many invaluable lessons from the world of athletics that directly transfer into the Christian life. Yeah. Whether it's discipline, um, whether it's... it's um, uh, recognizing the, the sacrifice necessary. Mm. Yeah. Look, nobody becomes a professional athlete by sitting on their couch, binging on Netflix and eating potato chips. <laughs> right. It just happens. Um, so uh, you've got, you've got uh, millions upon millions of children playing soccer. And then of those millions, you've got thousands making it to college and then mm. to division one and then to the professional ranks and then it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And so it requires not only discipline, it requires sacrifice. Yeah. That's the same reality of the Christian life. Mm. How often do we as Christians say others may, but I cannot, mm. whether it's engaging in certain liberties. Yes. Okay. I recognize that's a liberty, but I can't engage in that because I know the temptation that is for my soul. Right. So others say, I cannot. How often do we have to discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness when our flesh and everything in us is pulling us toward the deceitful desires of our former life and we're having to, to walk by faith and not by feeling? Um, so the realities of, of being a, an athlete uh, and then a top, top athlete in the professional ranks, um, which only, only um, illumines those, those disciplines uh, it's it's the same disciplines whether you're eight or or twenty eight playing a sport. Um, those directly transfer transfer over into the Christian life. Mm. And so, you know, we began talking about some of the warnings of athletics. Mm. But my goodness, there are so many benefits yeah. to being actively involved in the athletic world as a kid. And so, parents, I would encourage um, your children to cultivate those disciplines and mm. to pursue the, those. Um, athletics um, because of the life lessons it teaches you. I, I, I Pastoring, um, that Bible study I was doing the last year playing professionally, I had, I had teammates from probably 10 to 15 different countries. Wow. Uh, who speak different languages. And are, so you've got, this, you've got this locker room filled with international uh, people. Right. And the exposure and the travel, um, it opens your eyes to see the world in a, in a different way, not to be so isolated and insulated. Mm. I, I lived in Finland for a year and I recognized that 
the Finns' approach to God was radically different than the Christian or the uh, the American approach to God. Mm. And so, unlike the the Americans, the Finns don't care what you say until they see your life. Mm. I, I got to Finland and tried to evangelize and, and speak to my teammates about Christ, and they, they didn't give me the time of day. Six months later, when when they saw that my life was different, they came to me. They wow. Said, okay, tell me about your God. Wow. So these experiences, I think, broaden our horizons and allow us to, to see the 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 the, the um, diversity of of humanity and, and God's creation, and with a heart seeking to reach them, um, I I can only look back uh, with gratitude at what athletics has taught me, uh, ingrained in me. Um, now as I'm in ministry, um, it's the same discipline, it's the same sacrifice uh, that I was um, exercising before in a, the athletic world to now be a preacher and a pastor uh, and a faithful minister of the word. Man, that's so good. That's so good. And, and to go along with that, um, you were talking about how your dad encouraged you and coached you using God's sovereignty. And I see the same thing with, uh, with our interaction, uh, with our, our kids, teammates, parents, and, uh, you know, there's, there's no wasted, uh, no chance encounter. The Lord is sovereignly bringing us together with people who, um, let's face it. Most of the time that we find, um, ourselves amongst people who are lost. And so um, he's given us many opportunities, even in these, um, you know, recreational leagues and uh, for the, the the parents who are playing, their kids are playing at the next level. Um, we've got plenty of opportunities to share the gospel with um, people who are hurting uh, in close proximity to us. So it's a great point. Well, Jeremy, man, thank you so much. This has been such a helpful conversation for me, and um, I hope it will be to uh, our listeners. I, I'm sure it will be. And uh, brother, I really appreciate your time. Jason, thank you so much, man. It's been a joy, a real pleasure to be on. I'd like to thank Jeremy once again for being on Reclamation Worship and coming on to share his heart. This was a conversation that I really enjoyed, and it's a great conversation for you to have with your kids. I would encourage you to sit down with them and talk about this issue of uh, athletics. So whether or not the Lord has gifted them athletically, maybe He has, and and this is something for you to talk with them about how to uh, honor the Lord and glorify the Lord with this gift that He's given them, and to do so in such a way that doesn't compromise their convictions, doesn't compromise their uh, church involvement and their commitment to the church, um, but it would help them to see that, yes, there there's a man who made it to the highest level of play, but he didn't give up on his uh, love for and devotion to the church. And I know that there are many men and women out there who, like Jeremy, have made it to that level of play without compromising their love for and devotion to the church. Maybe your kid is not gifted athletically, but they do really enjoy professional sports or college sports. Maybe they like playing Little League. Uh, but, you know, whether or not they are gifted in that area, we can still uh, make an idol out of sport and out of um, all of these athletes that we really admire. And so this is a great conversation to have with your kids as well on this issue of idolatry and, and how we can make um, sporting events and these sporting heroes um, idols. So I would encourage you to visit reclamationworship.com. You can check out the show notes for this episode, find out more about TLC's Counting On that Jeremy and Ginger are a part of. 
as well as uh, you can find information out about the church that uh, Jeremy pastors in Laredo, Texas. So uh, visit Reclamation Worship. There's a page there where you can support Reclamation Worship financially to help us offset the cost of this podcast. I would really uh, appreciate you doing that. Visit us on Twitter at Reclamation HQ, on Instagram at Reclamation Worship, and on Facebook at Reclamation Worship. Until next time, Soli Deo Gloria.